Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together out loud, chapter by chapter, looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a really interesting one because of uh, how it immediately starts off, spiritual gifts, because this is one of those things that if you've been uh, in a church long enough, at some point, we're going to start talking about, okay, well, what's your spiritual gift? Or, well, I think that my spiritual gift is—and people will start talking this way, uh, because, you know, you start looking at this, and, yeah, you want to kind of think about that and, and say, like, hmm, like, well, maybe, you know, I kind of have a special, you know, t- talent or ability or purpose, and, you know, trying to get people to contribute. Uh, but, yeah, what is Paul getting at here, you know? And uh, he talks about, particularly uh, towards the end there, the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues— uh, as he transitions to chapter 13, what is Paul up to here? And, and really, what is he driving at here? Uh, some really interesting stuff to be talking about. I don't think it's kind of may- maybe what we immediately think it is. So looking forward to the conversation today. Um, I think we're, we might be having a little bit of trouble getting a hold of our guest, but Lord willing, we'll, <laughs> we will get him. But until then, let's go ahead and open with a prayer. Everyone here who's listening along, if you would pray with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this new day, for your mercy and goodness that's new every morning, that despite all the crazy things going on and how we are often tempted to be discouraged and pessimistic, that there is so much good that you are up to. There is so much salvation that you are bringing, both uh, naturally and spiritually, in the midst of everything, and testifies to your glory, how you turn around uh, out, of, out of the most chaotic of situations good and and love and peace and all your gifts that are uh, ours in christ jesus focus our eyes on him as we read his scriptures in faith in his name amen all right so we're looking here at first corinthians chapter 12 we want to bear in mind in the context here we've had a lot of stuff on the lord's supper right and and we saw last time I, I enjoyed that conversation that we had uh, with with Pastor Tice, uh, seeing the connections between that head covering stuff, which we don't, kind of can seem a little bit bizarre. Uh, how that is all connected, and really that that, that word connected uh, is so important. Everyone is connected in the Christian congregation, and we're going to get into this body metaphor uh, that's coming up. So this this might seem like again like it's another little detour. Like okay, now let's talk about spiritual gifts. No. He's talking about it because he's trying to talk about the unity and the body and not not the independence, but the interdependence. Uh, and today is really where he kind of brings it up more explicitly. Uh, there is no, you know, you're, you're going to be your own independent Christian over here. He says that that doesn't work. It uh, wouldn't make any sense. Uh, so this really is continuing on in the, in the same broader theme here. So we want to be thinking about that as we read about spiritual gifts. You know, so so why is he talking about that? On the point of spiritual then unity and and by the way what does he mean by spiritual anyway is, is that kind of like you know, people talk about being gifted you know or, or talented is a spiritual gift like a different sort of gift or talent well let's talk about that uh, so some good things to be looking at let's go ahead and read the chapter though we've got first corinthians chapter 12 here in the english standard version Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, 
except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, what would that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ, and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, and gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. This is just a, a fascinating chapter. I, I love, uh, th this is just another example of how his brilliance, really, Paul's brilliance. He is so good at this. Um, underlying all of this, I think, there is, there is a pretty consistent, uh, if you kind of read between the lines a little bit, uh, gentle, very, very pastoral in the approach here, um, argument against what seems to be a group of people that has decided that they are more spiritual than everybody else because it seems among other things they seem to have all this uh i don't know fancy doctrine and also they seem to be speaking in tongues and, and it's this is i think connected right they're like oh look at here i'm speaking angel languages here uh you know i i know all this doctrine right i'm i'm really in in the mysteries and you know have all these spiritual things you know look at me i'm so spiritual that seems to be part of the problem of the division, that you've got these these people who are kind of being, I don't know, like Christian elitists or something like that with their spirituality. 
and they're looking down then on on the weaker brothers. And we've been talking about this in First Corinthians and how the last couple of chapters he's been saying these these weaker brothers who came out of paganism. Uh, he mentions it there, right uh, in verse two. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. And there's a nice little moment there for Paul. He's like saying, you know, guys. You all were led astray, led astray in paganism, just different ways. Okay, uh, some of you had were stuck on the idol thing. We've been talking about the you know meat sacrifice to idols. The rest of you, you know, you still were in paganism in your own way. Uh, so I mean, it, it's really interesting, just just kind of underneath it all, just how gently and how subtly Paul is getting at this and really trying to especially correct this group that thinks it's better than everybody else. And so I think then uh, this is really, I think, the key takeaway for us in terms of maybe how not to misread this, that uh, this isn't really so much as, hey, guys, um, I want you to know there are spiritual gifts. I, I, I know you, you may not have thought that, but you all have the spiritual gift. And I want you to find your spiritual gift. He's not really doing that for them. He's kind of saying, look, guys, you want uh, to make a big deal about your spiritual gifts but uh, do you know what it really means to have a spiritual gift? Do you know what being spiritual means? Do you know that that means that everybody else in this congregation also has a spiritual gift and that if you really have a gift from the Spirit, it's supposed to be helping them and not being used to look down on them and exclude them? See, so I, I think that's really different. Um, and, and By the way, I'm just noticing here, it uh, looks like we're unfortunately not going to be able to get a hold of our guest. I was looking forward to having a conversation, but Lord willing, we'll be able to have one uh, soon. But uh, it's okay. I think this will be a good opportunity today just to really just dig into this. And if you guys have any questions, uh, great opportunity to call in if you're listening live, uh, 1-800-730-2727. Or if you're in St. Louis, you can call local 314-821-0850. Also, you can do questions over email. Uh, KFUO at KFUO.org. Sorry, James, yesterday about the email questions. Uh, I, I was sent the email questions and they disappeared. <laughs> uh, I think I did something wrong. Uh, so I'm not blaming anybody but, but myself. Uh, but <clears throat> Or you can also hop on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. Good opportunity just to kind of sink into things. Um, so I'll be keeping an eye on any questions that might pop up. Uh, but otherwise, let, let us continue here. So, so yeah, this, this is a really, this is an important thing. What's the starting point? Is the starting point, oh, okay, uh, well, there's spiritual gifts and there's spiritual things, and oh, we're, we're so used to th thinking about the material and the natural. Well, Paul says there's, there's spiritual and supernatural things. Well, see, that, that's how we might want to take it for our, for our context, but that's not actually the way, the direction that Paul's going. He's actually starting the other way where they're, they're kind of assuming that there are spiritual gifts and they're saying like, oh, look at us. We're, we're speaking in tongues and we're prophesying mysteries and look at like, we, we, we have the exclusive doctrine and Hey, look, we're, we're so bold and we can live in this spiritual way. Whereas these guys all oh, look at them. They're so, they're so earthly, right? They, they think, they think, they think of things in such natural terms and they're kind of simple. Right? So, so that's, that's actually the starting point here. And Paul's saying, Hey, look guys, you think you're spiritual? Okay, let me tell you about these spiritual gifts you have. And so he's he's going in the direction not of kind of like announcing that this is a thing, but trying to correct what they already are thinking. So uh, big distinction then. Uh, 
And why? Well, I, I think the big thing then is if we take this chapter as like, hey, look, let's like make a big deal of spiritual gifts. We, we might be doing the wrong thing, might be doing the opposite of what Paul wants us to do, because uh, he's kind of actually trying to get them to downplay the spiritual gift stuff and stop making a big deal of how gifted they are <laughs> and rather think more again about the body, the whole, the entirety. This is timely. This is this is timely. All right. Well, let's let's dig into it in some specifics. All right. So uh, there in verse one now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Um, this is, I think, pretty much the same way he's introduced a couple different sections here. Um, this uh, this uninformed bit here. Uh, he. He uses that word, I'm trying to think where, where it is else in 1 Corinthians. There's one other spot, if nothing else, in chapter 15, I think. Um, oh, actually, you know, that's interesting. It's uh, it's actually not even in 1 Corinthians, it's in um, 1 Thessalonians. You have the same uh, phrase, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do. Right? So that that's interesting that this isn't the only place that Paul uses that. Just as kind of a way of, uh, it, it's interesting. It, it's not necessarily like, I don't know, un, uninformed actually is sort of, it makes it sound very cerebral, like in your head. Like, you know, you don't know this. But I think the other position there, the other location in First Thessalonians kind of really shows us that uh, the point is not so much that he's kind of like giving them pieces of information so that they have like a more, uh, a more complete and a fuller, knowledge that's up in their heads but he wants them to live differently you know i don't want you to live as if you're ignorant of this brothers i don't want you to ignore this brothers i think those might actually be helpful ways of getting the thrust of this um and, and then so yeah so then he talks about spiritual gifts right um Kind of another interesting thing too, and I and I think the ESV actually notes this. Um, in the Greek, it just says now regarding the spiritual, <laughs> the spiritual ones, the spiritual things, right? So it's actually inserting the word gift there, which is interesting. Um, you're you're going to get the word gift popping up later, but as the ESV notes, you could translate this as spiritual persons, right? Because um, there are people who are saying like, oh, well, I'm spiritual and this guy over here is, well, you know, he, he's kind of like, you know, baby Christian. So uh, th that's just sort of an interesting point there because I, I think it's kind of showing how the emphasis that Paul has is really kind of about the so-called spiritualness itself and not really so much the gifts or even like the, the, the people. It, it's about, okay, so you think you're so spiritual. Right, so this this is important here. Um, I, I see your question, Paul. We'll get to there uh, in just a minute here. Uh, so then in verse 2, like I was saying, you know, uh, he, he is kind of subtly making this point that, you know, hey, y'all were under the influence of paganism. You know, some of them, some of you guys were, were more into certain idols. Um, some of you had other failings as pagans, but it was all paganism, which is important because he's going to kind of draw this out later that, you know— all of you were under an influence of a spirit, right? Well, I mean, that's what he's getting at in verse three. This is interesting. Uh, 
I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So what's he getting at there? Right? Like, like, like I think this is not so much—I feel like this has been taken out of context, and someone's like, well, hey, look, this guy over here said Jesus is Lord, therefore he's a Christian, and he's going to heaven, and there, there you go, right? Like, you said it. Um I think the point is less like that this is some kind of litmus test or like the how you know you're going to heaven test or something. And what he's trying to get at is saying, hey, look, guys, if you're uh, opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ, that means uh, you're you're not under the influence of the Spirit of God. You're under the influence of some other spirit. Similarly, if you're here in church, you know, like all, all of us together, here we are in Corinth, and, you know, my brother over here says, you know, Jesus is Lord. Well, that means, guess what? It's not just that I'm the spiritual guy. It means he's spiritual too, because only the Spirit is creating faith in him so he can say that. And, and, I, and I think this is, this is the move. He's, he's like saying, hey, look, guys, um, don't go thinking that you're so spiritual, because, hey, look, if he has faith, <laughs> if, he, if he confesses Christ, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this, and this is, I think, where the catechism is pretty helpful here. Um, you know, I mean, what, what does Luther say on the third article of the Apostles' Creed, right? Uh, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. So, so uh, taking that and understanding, hey, look, faith itself is evidence of the activity of the Holy Spirit. Right, so so his point being, uh, not that like oh like like you know this is a way that you know we can say like oh look like he he has the Holy Spirit we know for sure. Uh, he, what he's getting at is don't go thinking like oh you're special and spiritual, um, and, and you're somehow better than the rest of this the uh, rest of Christianity, because if if they're Christians at all, it's the same Holy Spirit doing it, and and that's where he's getting this this thing of lists right. Um, and so, so now he actually uses the word gifts, okay? He actually uses this word in, in, in Greek, which is um, uh, charisma, um, which is related to the word for gr uh, grace. Um, so that kind of gives you the idea, actually, that it's uh, not something that you just kind of inherently have because you're just kind of naturally better at something, uh, but, but rather it's, it's, it's uh, something that God is allowing you to do uh, that's the idea, like of a grace, um, which is kind of interesting because Paul talks that way in else uh, other places, talking about the grace that is in me or the grace that He gave you. Yeah, that's okay. You can talk about God giving grace as like a God giving like power or even like uh, the ability to do good works. It's okay to talk that way. Paul does. <laughs> um, we just we just had to understand that you know there's different ways of talking about grace and so you can talk about graces and you know uh he, him creating faith and just uh forgiving your sins and and that sort of thing like just kind of the basics of salvation but in in this sense here paul's talking about grace and yeah like this kind of put it in like lowercase g kind of way like yeah god the spirit you know he gives he gives grace to do things um, and you can't just say you're the spiritual guy and everyone else doesn't count or everyone else is less spiritual. It's the same spirit, right? That's verse four. Um, the same spirit. Um, they're not, and there are a variety of service, he says, but the same Lord. Pretty emphatic. So don't discount the other guys. 
the varieties of activities, but it's the same God uh, who empowers them all and everyone. And uh, so, so then in, in verse 7, this is where he kind of then drives it home on this point about gifts. So you think you've got the Spirit, and you think that you're so special. You, you are kind of like exclusive elitist Christians over here, right? Speaking in tongues and all this stuff. Well, here's the thing, guys. If the Spirit of God is working in you, you know what that means? It means he's working in you so that you can benefit your fellow Christians. That, that, think about that. It's so key here. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So, okay, you think you've, you've got the Spirit of God? Well, if you've got the Spirit of God, he's acting in your life to help your fellow Christians. That is not to exclude them, not to say, oh, well, they're wrong. Oh, well, they don't get it. The Spirit doesn't work in us so that we can think like, oh, well, we're the real Christians, and if only the rest of the Church would get on board with our program. No. The Spirit of God's working in us so we can bring them along and so that we can sacrifice our own rights and privileges and help them, even, even, even when they're wrong, even when they're, they're not getting things right. So this, this is a powerful point here in verse 7. This is, this is a key. And uh, I'm just being told, speaking of the, the body of Christ, I've got a brother here who's able to lend me a hand. We've got—yes, uh, hooray. Uh, Pastor Mark Preuss was able to connect here. He's pastor at St. Andrew Lutheran Church and Campus Center in Laramie, Wyoming. Good morning, brother. I wasn't sure we were going to be able to talk this morning. I'm so glad we were able to finally get things connected. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, always, always a pleasure to have you on. So we, we just read through the chapter, and uh, we were kind of like looking at like this big-picture idea of Paul is starting with these Corinthians who think that they're oh so spiritual and so gifted, but he's trying to bring them down a few notches and say, hey, look, all your other brothers here, they are your brothers. They have this spirit too, and if you have this spirit, you're supposed to be using the spirit to help them. That's the point in verse 7. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's for the benefit or edification or profit of all. And uh, yeah, we often, it's it's portrayed even in today's circles, like especially in the 90s when you had those spiritual gift inventories. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they give lip service a lot to the fact that it benefits other people, but people are really looking for their own profit um, and their own, how it benefits them when they're looking at what service or ministry they think they can offer. And, um, yeah. and that's kind of the problem is that the flesh is always going to take any good gift that God gives us and claim it for itself. So good works. Uh, final, finally, the, the, I remember my dad was having a debate with a Mormon back in mm. the eighties when his brother was campus pastor at uh, Wittenberg Lutheran Chapel in Grand Forks and, um, there were questions afterwards, and one of the uh, young men of the Mormons stood up and said, I'm sorry, I, I know I must have heard you wrong to my dad. Uh, I know I must have heard you wrong, but you, you said that um, you don't do good works for yourself. And my dad said, yeah, you don't. You don't do them for yourself. Mm-hmm. They're, they're yeah. for your neighbor and for God. They're for God and your neighbor. Yeah. He was just kind of shell-shocked. And it's like, well, obviously it is a benefit to you, you know, somebody who obeys the law, somebody who yeah. does, you know, performs a talent or 
uses a gift that God has given him. It gives you joy in your heart. But that's not the motive. It's not the motive. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, that's that, that's well said. That, um, and and you're right. You know, I mean, this is a problem with gifts, right? Like the sinful flesh is always, hey, gifts, like, and it's just kind of it turns the giver right into uh, like an app or a button to press to just get more gifts, right? And it makes it all about yeah, the gifts rather yeah. than the other way, as we confess that you know God gives us these gifts so that we would know the goodness of the giver and to reveal the giver and that we would love the giver more and more and not the the gifts. Uh, for their own sake, but for the sake of the one who's behind them. But uh, th- that's a really big point. I want to develop that, and I really appreciate the uh, the story there about your father. Uh, it's time for our first break already, everybody. Though, hang on, we're looking at First Corinthians chapter twelve on Nice Strong Word. We'll be right back. Friday, August 21st, 2020, KFUO Radio rejoices with our day sponsors. Larry made a gift to KFUO Radio in honor of his wonderful wife, Donna, as they celebrate her birthday today. Larry is grateful to the Lord for the blessing that she is to him in his life. Thank you, Larry and Donna Troxel, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO Day Sponsors. The idea that our creation is the result of a fluke and accident is ridiculous. A hundred thousand monkeys typing on a hundred thousand typewriters, even after a million years, would never produce the works of William Shakespeare. But they might produce several episodes of Wrestling with the Basics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on air or on demand. A click away 24 hours a day at KFUO.org. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Oratio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, talking about, well, what makes us spiritual, right? And, uh, you know, Paul is talking about this, like, hey, guys, don't go having a big head here. Uh, God, if, if, you're, if you're spiritual, it's so you can serve your brother, and you don't go thinking that, oh, well, I'm spiritual, and he's, you know, but he's pretty worldly still. Like, uh, now, that's the opposite of what the Spirit is for. Uh, and we just actually were able to finally connect here with our guest. We've got Pastor Mark Preuss, pastor at St. Andrew Lutheran Church and Campus Center in Laramie, Wyoming. If you've got a question for me or Pastor Preuss, give us a call, 1-800-730-2727, or if you're in St. Louis, 314-821-0850. You can also send in some email questions. We just got a few talking about uh, discernment, and so we'll want to be talking about this because— he was actually, Paul was just talking about discernment, right, in the previous chapter. 
discerning the body, right? So, so, so there's that's a connection that we need to make sure that we don't neglect. Uh, so yeah, so if you've got a question, KFUO at KFUO.org, or you can get on the live stream, facebook.com slash AJ Espinosa. And we've already got a question there from Paul about speaking in tongues. And so we're, we're just about to get there in uh, just a second here. I want to thank our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thank you guys for underwriting Thy Strong Word, their website, lhfmissions.org. So, so yes, brother, we were, uh, you, you gave that, uh, yeah, you're telling us that, like, that, that story about uh, the, the, the uh, conversation between your father and the Mormon and just talking about, you know, like, why do you do good works and, like, uh, why are these manifestations of the Spirit? And uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that, that maybe someone listening is like, oh, well, you know, thank God I'm not a Mormon and I don't have that confusion. <laughs> uh, well, and, and that's, no, that's, fair. Natural... <laughs> that, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But it, it's a natural confusion. I mean, that's just the religion of the yeah. flesh, you know? Exactly, so that's, exactly. That's, it's in every every religion. It's in every one of our hearts. I mean, it's— it's uh, Exactly. That's yeah. So it's we're we're definitely susceptible to it, even if we aren't aware. Yep, that's right. And, and we have mm-hmm. like kind of sneaky ways of, of doing it, right? Because we think about like, well, oh, my body is a is a temple of the Holy Spirit, so I, I need to be pure. And so God is doing this. I may be pure, and that I, I, I may purge myself. And so and and it's just like you think about this, and you're like, everything sounds sort of biblical, right? But but look at the mm-hmm. focus, right? The focus is now about like me, me, me. How I can be more pure and and holy and stuff, whereas uh, Paul's uh, his attitude, his his kind of direction, right, is so outward oriented. It's like, hey, if I've got the spirit, that means I need to give something to somebody, right? That, that means God's doing something here, so I can serve somebody else. And it's that just like you were saying, that who for whose benefit, right? And Paul just again and again and again and again in First Corinthians, for the benefit of neighbor, for the benefit of brother, for the benefit of someone mm-hmm. else, and. uh I mean, and it just it takes us back, I think, to the previous chapter um, in First Corinthians 11, which uh, is just—I mean, this, this is just— Oh, actually, um, all the way back to chapter 10, right, where he, he was saying—and this this is just—I uh, mean, I, I think this is just so spot-on for our time today, too. I think God is trying to get our attention a little bit here. But what, what, when, he's, when he's saying there, you know— um, eat whatever sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. Um, and then he goes on to say, though, um, that if someone says it's been offered in sacrifice, don't eat it for the sake of the one mm-hmm. informed you, for the sake of conscience. And then he says, mm-hmm. for why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? I, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's really the best translation there when it says determined. Yeah. That's the word for judge or <laughs> condemn. I, I judge. think the point yeah. he's getting at is, is mm-hmm. why— why should I go and be like, oh, I have Christian freedom. I have religious liberty. I have religious freedom. Why should I go and invoke all of that if it's just going to scandalize, right, like mm-hmm. the, the the unbeliever? And then, and then when he yeah. says in verse 30, you know, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? The, the point is like not like how dare they denounce me, but rather well, why should I go and like give thanks to God when actually I am just— uh, I mean, in the eyes of—I mean, actually, the, the word there for denounce is, is related to the word for blaspheme, right? So in, in the eyes of my brothers, I'm mm-hmm. blaspheming God. Like, why would I do mm-hmm. that? Why would I use my freedom that way? Why would I use my spiritual gifts that way? I think same point 
what we have in, in 1 Corinthians 12. And this really speaks uh, to our current situation, people talking about what, what they can and can't do and what our rights are and, and all the rest. Yeah. Well, we weren't the um, Augustine has that beautiful prayer. Uh, Thou hast made us for thyself and our souls are restless until they find their rest in thee. And that rest is when we um, first don't do anything uh, and then learn from Jesus how to live, which is a life of love. It's in those words of Matthew 11, which are some of my favorite. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, I think this is fascinating. I've just, um, I love this, this uh, passage so much. First, he gives you rest, and then he puts the yoke on you so that you learn to work and to love. And then while that's happening, he gives you rest because he, he reveals who he is. He's gentle and lowly in heart. And I think that when our focus is merely on pleasing ourselves and um, living according to the flesh, which happens so easily, then we lose, the, the yoke becomes very hard because we can't bear it. It's, it's, uh, we, we, we're under the law. The minute that we start living only for ourselves, we are using the law for our own benefit, but the law wasn't given uh, uh, like it doesn't say he shall not murder. It says thou shalt yeah. not murder you singularly, yeah. you know, the law wasn't given. Um, so for your, and this is where it seems like such a crazy thing to sing, but we sing um, in the Sparatus hymn, salvation unto us has come. Uh, it says, um, come to the cross, trust Christ and live the law. No peace can ever give. No comfort and no blessing. And that no comfort, no blessing, because finally you're putting yourself under the yoke again when you're living for yourself. When, when, when you view the gifts that God has given you uh, for your own, uh, to use the philosophical term, self-actualization. And that's, yeah. that's, what, that's, the, that's the dogma that's, been, that's being taught and has been taught for decades and decades to all of us is that you need to figure out your own life first. Um, and I've, right. uh, before you can help others. And so you have to f figure out the benefit of the spiritual gift of the talent be for yourself before you can see its value in other people. Right. And what what, what, you, what we get out of it, what, what, what helps us out, what, yeah, right. No, like what, what our preferences mm -hmm. are. I mean, just, just, just to the, even like, even that phrase, right. People talk about, you know, like sexual like, preferences, right. And it's just like the, mm -hmm. the, the issue yeah. with the term even, right. As you, as you're just describing yeah. is yeah. We're, we're putting it in terms of what we get out of it and like what we like yeah. and, you know, and what, yeah. what's, what's pleasing right. to us. And what, and what is, and what is, you know, and this is like, again, like how, how does Paul talk about it though? In first Corinthians 10, he says, I try to please everyone else. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the opposite direction. I mean, it's, it's a really, yeah. like you were saying, it's a, it's a completely, I mean, philosophically, well, fundamentally, it's, it's a totally yeah, different way of looking it, at it. Totally. It starts with Christ too. That's what, it's Peter who says the Christ did not please himself or no, it's Paul in, in, in Romans. Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached uh, you fell on me. And that is, he takes, he, and this is where he suffers. He su I mean, this is what Jesus yeah. teaches us. This is, the, this is the example. This is what won our, our salvation, and it's the way of life. 
it's the way of life. Like Solomon says, reproofs and correction. Do not despise the chasing of the Lord for reproofs and correction are the way of life. That's how it is. It's how it's going to be. And that reproof and correction is finally always admitting that, man, I have been living for myself. I need, you know, I, this isn't what, this is, this is not what the joyous life is. This isn't what the peaceful life is. It's, it's a, it's a, well, it's a yeah. cage. It's, 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 it's bad. And this is where we are today. Well, like, and you mentioned you peace. People, Mm-hmm. I was going to say you 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 mentioned peace too, right? And, and it's just uh, again like this this argument that Paul's making here is really like, you know, why isn't there peace among you guys, right? Why is there division? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's not any wonder because you know you're you all like you were saying, right? We have the attitude of the yoke of the law, which which is to say. Not, not, that, not that the teaching of Moses was ever bad or that Moses was, like, trying to teach works righteousness. He never was. But the no, idea no. That, 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 you're, that really you're doing God a favor. Like, you need to, like, do these spiritual things because God, like, God, I don't know, God needs a hand. God needs a spokesperson. Um, God needs, like, a PR rep or something. Like, as long as we have the attitude of we're somehow doing God a favor or we're enhancing our own spirituality— like doing ourselves a favor, doing God a favor, mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just totally backwards. It, it's for serving the neighbor. It's for serving the neighbor. And and if we had that, then there would be peace in the congregation because that's the spirit of Christ. So I, I want to, if we can, then get to some of these questions because it was when he breaks this down in verses eight um, and nine and ten, he names these gifts, and th- this list is just fascinating. Because he his whole point is like, hey, look at all these gifts. These are all for the sake of serving others. So if you mm-hmm. if you think you've got some spiritual gift that isn't for serving others, is it really a spiritual gift? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's 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 the. It also glorifies God. It's for serving others, and it's and it's for it's yeah. for also loving God. And um, yeah. people, we all, we try to cloak what we do in love for God or or even love for our neighbor, right. but when, but when it's being used only for our own benefit, then you know the you smell the roast. Everybody sees you 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 yeah. eventually see that you're doing it for yourself. So, but I I think all of these uh, uh, the you know these gifts like the working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, um, different kinds of tongues, uh, uh, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things distributed to each one individually as he wills, as he knows what to give to each person. But some of these gifts right. are um, the apostolic gifts, which confirm the apostles' word, which don't seem to apply as much to us today. Um, I don't know if you were going to talk about that. Well, we want to do. We do want to talk about um, these these different gifts, and uh, you know, like so. There there were particular gifts uh, like. When we mentioned earlier, you know, like the, the the speaking in tongues at Pentecost, or like the the, the great rush of wind, the loud noise, the the things that looked like uh, tongues of fire, right? So we, we do want to mm-hmm. talk about that. I, I I do think though that 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 the point that you were just kind of driving home a little bit more though, that you know, like all all of these gifts, it's when we're it's when we're serving others in love that that's what glorifies God. And I, I like the way you put it. We like cloak our own self-serving stuff in terms of glorifying God, right? Like we, we do this all the time. And, and like in the context that I'm in, it, it's, and, and I only talk this way, not because like I never fell under this or never do, but because rather I, I, I 
find myself falling into the same trap all the time, uh, which is that I, I very commonly, like, for instance, when it comes to like, so how should we worship or how should we worship under these circumstances? It's very easy for me to start with, oh, well, this is the way that glorifies God the most. Right, like, like, mm-hmm. like this. This is the way that, that that's that's more reverent, or this is the way that's that's more beautiful. And, and I'll put it in those terms. Like, it's it's all about you know, hey, this this is more glory to God. But I'm just kind of conveniently mm-hmm. doing that. Really, when I look down in my heart, I'm really doing that just because that's the way that I'd rather do it. <laughs> that's what I prefer. That's yeah, yeah. that's the song mm-hmm. I like, or that's the, I, oh, that, yeah. that's the, yeah, that's yeah. the style. That's that's the style that I prefer. Uh, and so I really like what you were mm-hmm. saying about this this cloaking, and it's just. No, no, no. You want to give glory to mm-hmm. God? Well, then imitate Christ, who who emptied himself and said, you know, I, I mean, I mean, take this right way. Literally, he said, you know, to hell with my preferences, you know, and, and he descended into mm-hmm. hell. And, and he said, all my preferences, forget it. It's it's for everyone else. Yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. And that's where, like, what, this is why I think it's interesting that he brings up a word of wisdom, because... If you look at worship, for example, um, and, and fighting the worship wars, so to speak, um, we see division in the church, and wisdom is required to see what actually does benefit the neighbor and glorify God the most, and 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 to actually have people convinced of that, and so that they so that they um, are united and be of one mind, like Paul talks about all the time in First Corinthians. So that's that. That's what I've thought we needed more and more because I see that in myself all the time. It's like the, the, your first impulse is to, um, you know, cloak what you're doing in what is good. I mean, and a lot of times it's just right. shorthand for previous arguments that you've made, you know. But yeah. but um, but but uh, but sometimes it's <clears throat> it's out of the heart come evil thoughts, you know. It's just selfish. It's it's not taking into consideration the the other brother's need. So it's uh, yeah. I, and that's where I um, that this this if somebody's given a word of wisdom, then it's given by the Spirit, and um, and if, if if it's used if it's used simply to exalt someone, well, the proverb says, "Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope, more hope for a fool than for him." So it's just a constant yeah. humbling, you know. <laughs> it, no, it constant is. It, well, oh yeah, no. There, there's there's so much there's so much of what Paul writes that's just you know can can be be humble as christ himself was humble if that's if that's your king right and think about how humble mm-hmm. he was right like mm-hmm. do we want to be less humble than than that i mean you're you're, you're that's the yeah. king right so that, that's that's yeah. a it's a it's a setting the bar low by setting it high um yeah go ahead yeah uh okay i i read a sermon by luther once and i can't remember i think it's on philippians 4 I don't know Philippians two or on on the Palm Sunday procession, but he just talks about how humble how God humbled Himself um, in Christ to take on our sin, and then he just he just bursts off against Himself in the sermon and says, "What is my pride? I'm I'm such a lowly maggot. How could I ever exalt myself above anyone when God has humbled Himself below everyone?" And it's just it's just beautiful, you know. And that's that's the the Christian life. So. Uh, that, that, that's, that's beautiful, right? Like, how, how could we ever begin to say, oh, well, I'm so much better than this other guy, and, like, you know, oh, this other Christian, like, they're they're just wrong-headed, and, I mean, just, just how could we presume? Uh, how could we presume? Yeah, it's, 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 and Jesus had all point. the spiritual gifts. Jesus had all the spiritual gifts. Yeah, right. What do you have? You know what I mean? Like, you have yeah, no, something that's right, that's right. wonderful, but all the talents belong to the Master, you know? All of them that's belong right. to Him, and 
And so, that's right. We, yeah. we have them on. We have them on. We have them on loan for the benefit of uh, of of the people who are in his name, the people who he purchased with his blood, as Paul said. So let's talk about these gifts here, right? So. Um, he, he gives this this list, which which is uh, fascinating because he, he starts off the list right with um, one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and the utterance of knowledge. So I feel like he starts off with the things uh, that this kind of elitist group of Corinthian Christians would say. Okay, yeah, that, that's that's what we're talking about. We have the spiritual gifts. We we have all the knowledge and the wisdom. Uh, but but then like in in verse nine, then he shifts like okay, another faith by the same spirit. Which I feel like is then him pulling out the rug and saying, uh, going back to what you were saying earlier, which is, hey, look, if those weak Christians, if they have faith, that's the same spirit, guys. Like, you're not categorically different or special here. Um, and then and then kind of going in the other direction to another working of miracles, I, I feel like he's kind of, kind of again kind of doing this other stuff where he's saying, like, and I kind of doubt that you guys are doing too much of the healing and working of miracles. That's kind of— more of the stuff that, as you were getting some of the um, apostolic charismata, uh, you know, like Peter and, and Paul and whatnot, and so they would have to kind of say, like, oh, well, yeah, I guess we're not, we're not that, you know. So I mean, so and, and then like he kind of lists things, and he mentions tongues, then kind of at the end of the list, which I, I think uh, this isn't my idea, but it's been it's been uh, commented on various times by putting tongues at the end. If they're making a big deal of it, by putting it last. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's sort of like, oh, so maybe like that gift isn't as big a deal as we thought. Um, so just just the way he's even just kind of talking about it um, seems mm-hmm. to be redirecting them. Yeah, yeah. Well, he starts he starts with the gospel, the word of wisdom, and the word of knowledge. Faith comes by hearing, and then it's faith. So these are common gifts that belong to most. I mean, faith belongs to every Christian necessarily yeah. and 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 the word of i don't like the thing utterance it's just word i mean it's 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 the message the gospel right uh and um mm. so it's not so much what they say but what is being given and and that's the emphasis mm. and i think you're right that that he he's he's like first you must you, you have to have these foundational things and then we have these other things that confirm that are supposed to confirm the word for faith <laughs> So that we're all edified together. And that's why uh, verse 11 says that one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. This is the same language as in Ephesians 4, where he says one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Yep. Um, and uh, and that's, that's the, the, yeah. So, it, and so he's striving, he's, 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 you have a unity in the spirit from the gospel, from the pure preaching of the gospel and the right administration of the sacraments. That's the unity of faith. And uh, what Paul well, is striving for is for us to, to strive for that unity um, uh, through repentance and love, faith and love. So. Right. So, so, th- so that's why he's bringing up the gifts, uh, b- because, because they are using the gifts to make distinctions among themselves and right. for for the I mean ultimately for the end of disunity. So he's bringing up the mm-hmm. gifts to say, look guys, you, you've got the entire thing backwards. Because if he's given you any gifts at all, it's for the sake of unity. And so so then later on, um, it, we're kind of running a little short on time. And I want to make sure I get to s- these questions here. Uh, he kind of has a, a similar list here at the end where he goes and he says, well, uh, this is in verse twenty eight here. Uh, God's appointed mm-hmm. the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and he, and he goes down like you know are, are all this are all that? Do, do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? 
but earnestly desire mm-hmm. the higher gifts, and I'll still show you a more excellent way. I think that's exactly what you're just getting to. Which that is, uh, yeah, what's the what's love. the more excellent way? Love, yeah. right? So so he's saying yeah. like so you you guys think that you're you're so spiritual. Well, don't you know that the most spiritual gift of all of these things? Because he specifically mentions that right prophecy and like knowledge and faith, um, and then he's going to say, well, faith, hope, and love. Which, which do you think is the most spiritual? Well, let's go with love, um, which is yeah. like for them, the thing that seems like the least spiritual. Like, what? You mean just like, you know, just just love? I mean, anyone can love, but we're so smart and special, you know? Uh, but so yeah. there is this really profound redirecting. And, and it, again, it seems again in that list, speaking in tongues is, is, is downplayed, and he's going to talk more about it. So, so to me, it seems like what he is talking about with speaking in tongues is actually ecstatic speech. Ecstatic, like I, I'm, I've lost control. I, I think, I think there's a term for it, glossolalia, right? Um, where like you're just kind of like you, you have this kind of ecstatic religious uh, spiritual experience, and he's like, you know what? He doesn't actually say it's like it's bad or evil. He's like, well, no, I mean, like that's okay. So you, so you're really feeling enthusiastic and. Um, you know, really, really pumped up about about God and excited, and, and uh, you know, you're brought to tears of joy in the faith. Okay, sure, but you know what though? That's not really even the most important spiritual gift. It's kind of low on the list because that's just something that helps you. The the more spiritual gifts are the ones that help other people. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what you can see that with um, you know, the seed that doesn't bear fruit. The, the bearing of the fruit is love um, for yeah. your neighbor and that, that glorifies God. And what um, you see people who are converted, who have faith, um, but it's on the rocks. And when the world comes and tempts them or tries them, they don't, they give up because it's not benefiting them anymore. You know, they don't feel the benefit of growing in that ground. And so they don't bear any fruit. And it's the same with the thorns and thistles. It, it chokes it because they're they're um, they're not focused on the one thing needful. They're not looking at what the source of their faith is, which is the same as everybody else's. And this is the Holy Spirit, the Lord and Giver of life, who takes what belongs to Jesus, His forgiveness and mercy, and He declares it to us, covers us with it, and uh, creates in us faith that loves, that works by love, as Paul says in Galatians. Uh, and, and that just goes back to what you were saying earlier about like the spiritual gifts inventories that you know the the the, the flesh, n- not necessarily that I, I, I'm not saying that that I can't imagine this being done in a good way. I suppose it could be. It's just it's just it's just very easy in our consumeristic culture and mindset for that to be kind of instantaneously <laughs> perverted yeah. into like yeah, what yeah, cool absolutely. things. Can can I like kind of get enjoyment out of? And it turns like basically into like what channels do I want to tune into? Like what apps do I want to download on my my church do phone? I want, I mean, I mean, do I want? Yeah, yeah. No, it just it just very quickly becomes this, that so yeah, easily. I say this to men like John Chrysostom. He got called to be the pastor. He ran away and hid. Right? <laughs> you want to do it? You know? And yeah. I, talk, I tell I say this. Walter talks this way, and Luther talks this way. Like you have all these talented men who who would be wonderful pastors who are given a gift. And they decide not to be pastors because they want money and they want ease in life. They chose what they were, cho- and we were taught to do this. What do you want to be when you grow up? We yeah, think right. that the notion that What's a father dream? say you should do this, you know, like people yeah. wise around you say you should pursue this, you'd be good at this. That's like, oh, you're infringing upon my personal autonomy and my dignity. It's like, well, right. then no, there that, goes Christianity. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Jesus yeah. put the cross on us. 
it's uh yeah well so so and so in the midst of all this then um it really highlights the need for discernment and and this is like a couple of the questions that came in talking because so there's this discernment that he talks about in in this chapter and i think we really need to try to line it up with how he talks about it in previous chapters too because um so i mean like in, in this chapter now where is it here he talks about it's a he talks about distinguishing spirits right that's the term that we have here uh, yeah to right. another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits to another various to- kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues so there seems to be this mm-hmm. this talk about uh, in, in this chapter about uh, weighing these things out, making distinctions, right, discernment. And he's talked about that earlier um, in, in chapter 11 about, hey, it, you need to discern the body if you're going to receive the body and blood. So w- what's going on with this discernment here? You know, because I feel like, again, we, we can turn this into, like, spiritual discernment, like, oh, look, I'm, like, really wise, and I don't, I don't know, like, I, I make all the right decisions, or, like, I, I really no, enjoy yeah. counseling it's, people. It's very— Discernment, I think, is used in different ways because you have a different object. It just means uh, telling the difference between two things. Discerning the spirits is uh, judging doctrine because the Holy Spirit teaches the true doctrine. False spirits teach false doctrine. And so one person can more quickly recognize false doctrine than another person. You shouldn't look down on another person because he's a little bit slower because his gift of discerning the spirits, of recognizing false doctrine, was given to him for the edification of all, for the sake of his brother. And so that's where, that's why it's Paul tells Timothy and this to rebuke in humility with all patience, you know, teaching. So every pastor is, is required to have this, this gift of discern, discernment, uh, discerning the spirits. So. I think that that's just that's so succinct and beautiful. If, if you think that you've got discernment, right, it's to bring alongside the weaker brother in patience and love. It, it's for their mm-hmm. benefit, not your own. Brother, uh, yeah. a, a shame that we couldn't talk more, but I look forward to our next conversation maybe fault. really soon. <laughs> Thanks for being on, everybody. That was Pastor Mark Preuss, St. Andrew Lutheran Church and Campus Center, Laramie, Wyoming, going on to Chapter 12. Oh, I just love this part of 1 Corinthians. Tell then, I'm Pastor H.S. Espinosa. Peace. By the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.